0: I want to mention this just before we get in our message today. Actually, I'll mention two things. This week, starting tomorrow night, Monday night, so there won't be Joyful and Ironmen tomorrow night, those two small groups, because we are having or hosting the AFCM, which is the Ministers Association that I'm a part of. We are hosting their family reunion right here at Faith Life Church. They they do a southern one, and we host that. So we're going to have guest ministers in Monday night, uh, all day Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday night, and then Wednesday to noon. Now, if any of you can make it out to the night meetings that start at 7 p.m., you are welcome to come out and join for these meetings. They'll be good on Tuesday night. We're going to have some of our own members here at Faith Life Church ordained. And so that's really, we're excited about that. Jim Caseman will be here ministering in the evening service. I'm excited uh, to be a part of that. But also, just want to remind you, we're going to one service but that doesn't start to March. So next week, nine thirty and 11, you say, Pastor Jane, why are we going to one service? Because God said to. And because we want to gather the entire church... For a season, because I believe God wants to do some things and we need to come together all as a church. So we're going to, you know, put in some more chairs. Now, I know eventually we're going to have to go back to two services because we're not going to be able to hold anybody, hold everybody. But for this season, until God directs us differently, we're just going to pack it out with the two services. At, I mean, with the two services coming to one, one service starting March, 10 a.m. And so you, and also we'll do something a little different for Easter. And so we're already preparing for that, but we're excited about what God is doing in this church and in this community through us. And so I encourage you to be here next week and for that March service and join us at 10 a.m. But right now, let's pray and let's get into this message today because I believe God has something to say to. To us. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you that your word is life-changing. And Lord, even as I minister this very practical message on what we are called to devote ourselves to, I thank you that you will take your words today, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will minister it. Jesus, as head of the church, you are here, you are present, and thank you for building your church with this message, and accomplishing an us, what you desire to accomplish so that we can see our community come to know you, Jesus. And we thank you for that in your name. Amen. Well, we are in a series that we've called Devoted. And in this series, we've been searching the scriptures to learn what it is that you and I must devote ourselves to so that we can live immersed in and empowered. That means immersed in the goodness of God, immersed in His presence, living in the aware of the presence of God and the presence of Christ in our life, and then empowered by His Spirit, a boldness to preach the gospel. And so we've been searching those things in Scripture, and our primary text has been found in the book of Acts. And today I'm going to talk about devoted. To teaching, But look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. So, in this passage, we learn that the early church devoted themselves to four things. They devoted themselves to teaching to fellowship. In fact, can you put up my other um, little slide? We have that slide. They devoted themselves to teaching, fellowship, communion, and prayer. Now, if you read in Acts the history of the early church, they were immersed and empowered. Hmm. So we're looking at their practices so we can devote ourselves to the same practices. Now, I want to bring this up again. The last two weeks, I taught on the importance of us as a church being devoted to prayer, coming together, and praying corporately. And we saw a bold prayer that the disciples prayed last week when the enemy threatened them. And we recognize there's threats that come against the church to get us to stop preaching the good news of Jesus. Take you off Facebook. Facebook. And shut your social media, Facebook jail, they call it. Come on. And I love how the disciples responded in prayer. And I want us to read this prayer again. Can you put up that slide? It's just we need to pray some bold prayers as a church. Uh, let's say this again, just as a prayer from our heart. Faith Life Church, you ready? And now, O oh Lord, hear their threats. And give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your son, Jesus. Wow. We want to pray that as a church. We need boldness, and we need to pray bold prayers. Now, I want to kind of pull the curtain back for a moment. Because the most important thing is the reason why we're praying that prayer. We're praying it because we love people. We're praying it because we want to see the broken hearted heal. We're praying it because we want to see Jesus um, manifest his. Or we want to see him manifest who he really is. You, you might have seen on the Super Bowl. You might have seen the commercial for He Gets Us. And it is a a ministry that is really saying, hey, how did this person, Jesus, who is a person of love, who really brought about justice and hung with the people that were marginalized by society, how did he and the church become something that is supposed to supposedly hate you know marked with hatred listen he gets us and the reason that we want to preach his gospel is so that the people can really know who he is and I believe that God's getting this church ready even with this message every series is a season that God is working in our midst And this season, God wants us as a church to be devoted to these things so we can reach the world he's called us to reach. But today, let's talk about devoted to teaching. And you may say, Pastor Jane, that that doesn't sound like real powerful. And why do we need to devote ourselves to teaching? I'm going to share with you why it's so important. And first, let's learn from Jesus. I want to go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. It says, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. You know, it's often been said that if you summed up Jesus' ministry, and we're kind of summing summing it up as we read this passage, but if we summed up the ministry of Jesus, we could easily say he went about teaching, preaching, and healing. That's the three things Jesus did. Teaching, preaching, healing. And then we see that the disciples, the early church... Devoted themselves, or it really says of the church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That means they made sure they put themselves in a place where they could be taught. Mm. Jesus was a teacher. He taught the principles of the kingdom of God. Now why did he teach people the principles of God's kingdom? because he wanted them to experience life the way God intended life to be experienced. The joy, the peace that God wanted us to experience here on earth. Jesus also, through his teachings, revealed the character and the nature of God. He taught them who God was. Wow. Really, Jesus taught us by example just how valuable and necessary teaching is in the church and how important it is that we be taught the principles of God's kingdom. We'll put it this way. For people to know God and enjoy the life Jesus purchased for them, they will need to be taught. Mm -hmm. So we devote ourselves to teaching. In other words, we make it important. You know, I know what you're committed to in your life. I know what you're committed to by looking at your daily schedule. You're committed to certain things. You won't miss that show. You're going to watch that. You're going to do that. You're going to go to work because you like getting a paycheck or you're going to run your business because you wanted to pro- There's things that you're committed to on a daily basis. Well, when we say devote yourself to teaching, we're talking about you need to make sure that you are committed to being taught God's Word by people who are anointed or called to teach. Hmm. Now, we want to live this good life. Look at John chapter 13, verse 12, and I want you to see this again, Jesus teaching here, and look at the principles that he brings to light. Now, this is at the Last Supper, and you know the story. Just before Jesus went to the cross, he met with his disciples one last time, and they had what they called the Last Supper, where he shared communion. And here's what Jesus did after the meal. John chapter 13, verse 12. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? Hmm. After the meal was over, Jesus got up. The scripture says he took a towel, he took a wash basin, and he went around to every disciple, and he washed their feet. But then he asked this question. Do you understand what I just did? The truth is the disciples did not understand what Jesus was doing. In that culture, in that custom, or we could say it was customary in that day, that, especially in larger households, and lots of people had servants, and it was usually the servant that was lowest, <laughs> the one that was ranked at the bottom, that would be given the responsibility. To go around and to wash the feet of the guests, and again, you're talking about desert community where they wore sandals, and so it was just a wonderful service to have your feet washed. And the place where they were meeting, it's like Jesus didn't have to say, "Hey, somebody got a basin?" And some, no, it was already there, the basin, the water, because it was a common practice that you washed people's feet. And so the disciples were like, "No, we, hey, 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 get up! Why are you acting like the servant? You're the master." You're the teacher. You're the right. Well, what are you doing? You see, they didn't get it. So what Jesus did is he taught them. Listen, I want you to experience everything God has for you. So that's why we gather and I teach you the kingdom principles so you get it. Because if you get it, you can have it. You can live it. You can do it. You can be it. Wow. Wow. Here's what Jesus went on to say in verse 13. He said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. I love that Jesus didn't back down. He didn't say, no, I'm just your humble servant. No, he said, I am. He said, I am teacher and I'm Lord, I'm the rabbi, I am who I say I am. But then he goes on in verse 14, and he said, And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master. Nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Wow. Jesus taught them here some kingdom principles. They didn't understand, but he brought understanding. And here's the principles Jesus taught. There's some important principles. They're very important principles in the kingdom of God. Here's the first one he taught them. Jesus taught the kingdom principle of servant leader. And then he taught us that those who are leaders in his kingdom are called to serve. Hmm. Here's the other thing he taught us. He taught us that a person's value is not based on what they do. But that God sees every person as valuable. Wow, well, two principles that are major. If you're going to learn how to live in God's kingdom, if you're going to be a leader in God's kingdom, you've got to understand that if you're called to lead, you are called to serve. Hmm. And I love this one. God said, everyone is valuable to me. In God's kingdom, everyone is on a level playing field. We are all loved, accepted, and valued by God. We may have different talents. We, we may have different personalities. We, we even have different callings. But our value. It's based on God's love for us in sending Christ. Here's what we know. God sent Jesus to die for everyone. And anyone who wants to come into the kingdom of God can through faith. Think about these two life-changing principles, though. The servant leader... and that everyone is valued. It's not based on the social status. So he said, you know what? Y'all were thinking that only the lowest servant could wash feet. Mm, Not right. Jesus said, no, everyone is valuable. You're called to serve everyone as a leader. You're not called to lord it over them. Listen, the world thinks that a leader is someone who's the boss and telling you what to do. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I am the leader. God has put me in a position of leadership to lead the church. So certainly I give instructions and directions, but I am called to serve you. I'm not called to lord it over you. Now, you need to understand this too. I'm his servant, but I serve you. And because I'm his servant, if I don't serve you well, he'll remove me from a position of leadership how much better our world would be if we would get these two life-changing principles. If every leader in the body of Christ, and listen, every one of you, lead in some way. And so remember, when God puts you in a place... You know, we have small group leaders over our tables in Joyful and ironmen. You, you might lead in a Sunday school, you know, like in our preschool, somewhat with your family. If you've got a family, somebody's following you. You know what? How do you lead? You lead with this attitude of I'm serving you. Now, listen, Jesus was a servant leader, and there's sometimes he said, boys, <laughs> That's is what we're doing. Because the disciples sometimes would try to get off. So it doesn't mean that you're this humble servant. No, no, no. Because I'm serving him. I'm his servant. But I'm serving you. If we could get those two principles down, that everyone is valuable. And that it's not based on what they do, but the fact that God loves them. And if we were a servant leader. Listen, here's what teaching does teaching helps us understand the life-changing truths in God's Word. Wow, that's what teaching does. They didn't understand it, and so therefore their lives could not be changed. Once they understood, hmm. look at Psalm 119, verse 130. I love this. The psalmist says, the teaching of your word gives light. So even the simple can understand. Even I can get it. The simplest person, the child the teenage, We can understand. When the word of God is taught, it brings light to everyone who hears. You know what we have to do? We have to be willing to be taught. You know, there's this thing that... Um, Sometimes people say, well, you know, and I've heard pastors kind of make a little joke about this sometimes, or other people, you know, joke about, well, you know, people are sheep, and sheep are the dumbest animals out there, and, you know, that's why they need a shepherd. Really? So you're saying Jesus was calling us dumb? No. Here's what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying you need to act like a sheep. You need to get yourself in position and learn everything you can. You need to follow me. The truth is, we think sometimes we know the way. We think sometimes we got this, God, you can rest today. Come on. Teaching turns on the light that's in God's word so we can see the next step to take. My prayer every Sunday when we gather is that you hear something that lights up your path that's going to help your marriage, help you as a parent, help you as an employee or an employer, help you financially because God's going to light your path when you get understanding of his principles. Come on, that's why we devote ourselves. Now teachers are gifts. Paul taught us this in Ephesians chapter four, verse eleven. He says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Mm. This is often referred to um, as the fivefold ministry gifts in the church the apostle, uh, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. And they call it the fivefold. And, and these are those people that are called into these offices, we'll call them, as a profession. They have an ability from God to stand in that office. Now, listen. Jesus gave the gift of the teacher to the church. You know why? Because we all need to be taught. And it was one of the gifts of the church. Now now I want you to notice this. For just a moment, I want to bring a little bit of clarity. It's okay if we dig a little deeper. You're smart. You can handle it. You're not dumb sheep. (laughs) But, I want you to notice it said that the early church devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. Okay, to those that were set in the office of teacher. Now, I am called and many times you'll find that the teaching gift goes along with one of the other gifts. But there are some people who are called to teach the greater body of Christ. Look at Joyce Meyer. You know what? She's not just called to teach in a local church. She's called to teach in the greater body of Christ. Uh, but that's a 5 ministry gift of teaching. There are other people who have arranged like that. And, and so my gift is pastor-teacher. I'm a shepherd. I love to gather people. I love to reach communities. I want to help you. I want to get down and walk through life with you. I just want to come in and come out. And I used to do that with Jane Hillman Ministries. And there is some advantage just to flying in and flying out. Not living with y'all, but uh, but I love it. I love being with you when you're, you know, people are getting married and you're raising your teenager, just life, you know. But then I'm also called to teach, I have a gift and ability to teach. Sometimes people say, How do you do that? I don't know. How, how do Tanya and Tim get up here and sing, and Barbie and you know, Dominic? How do they do that? Because they have a gift you know, I just have a gift. I sit down and I just see things in the word. And and sometimes I surprise myself (laughs) because I know it's that gift operating in me. And so, but not only do I have a gift of teaching, I've been set in the office of a teacher. Now, listen, there's a reason why he told us we need a teacher the gift of the teacher helps bring about maturity in the body of Christ we need to grow up in the body and the teachers help us to do that let me tell you the difference between telling and teaching you know some people they're not teachers they're just tellers because you walk out and you say well they told us a lot but I didn't understand any of it and, and, and Teaching really gives you understanding. Can you put up my little dog picture? This is difference between telling and teaching. Well, come on. It says, this little guy told his dad that he wanted to learn how to train his dog, and his dad said there were lots of dog training videos on YouTube, so here he is showing them to the dog. <laughs> now, how many of you know his dad just told him he didn't teach him anything? Mm. And sometimes we got to remember that we need to get under people who have the gift of a teacher. Uh, Let me say this. It said, be careful what teachers you're under. The Bereans were a good example in the Bible. It says they searched the Scripture daily to see what they were being taught if it was in the Word. Now, let me also say this. Every individual sat in the office of the teacher has the gift of teaching, but not all who have the gift to teach are called into the office of the teacher. There are lots of people in this church, amazing ability to teach. And the more you develop that with the help of the Holy Spirit, the more powerful it's going to be. But that doesn't mean just because you have a gift to teach that you're called and set in the office of the teacher. One of the reasons why, and it's not me, one of the reasons why, now, and it is me in the sense that I yield, but it, it I, it's only who I'm yielding to, and it's because I'm set in this office of teacher, and here's the difference. People may have an ability to teach, and you're like, wow, I got something out of that. But when you're set in the office of teacher, it's kind of like, you know, sometimes we just need little nudges, you know, wake up. And that's kind of like the gift. Somebody knows how to teach. I mean, sometimes you just need that nudge. But when you're called to the office of teacher, I can knock you out. (laughs) Sometimes I can deliver stuff. Come on, that really wakes you up. And it's not me. It's because the practical teaching in the office of the teacher, God has given me this gift. And this gift is not to benefit me. This gift is for you so that you can understand the word of God and you can apply it in your life. Practical is powerful. Wow, I love the fact that I get to do this week in and week out, and really what happens too. And it can happen whether you have just the gift of teaching and you're yielding yourself, or whether you're in the office, and that is revelation knowledge can flow. And revelation knowledge is when the Holy Spirit uses knowledge to reveal God. He transforms our life by revealing God's truths. Hmm. When you're taught with somebody who's yielding to the anointing, it is life-transforming. Wow. Now, when we intentionally place ourselves in position to be taught, we will grow in Christ. Wow. Look at Philip. Remember the story of Philip and the eunuch? i got to see how much time I have it done. He's saying 10 minutes, but I know that 10 minutes has been up for a little while. Uh, But I just ignore it since he left. (laughs) Anyway. Now, here's what happens. Philip was called to this office. He was an evangelist, but he's also a teacher. And Philip sees this uh, eunuch. He was the treasurer of Ethiopia. He he was an official. And and Philip saw him in a chariot. And listen, Acts 8 29. It says, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. So beginning, then verse 35, so beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. Wow. Now listen, what do we learn from this? When we're hungry, the Holy Spirit will provide the teachers we need. Yes, he will. And the Holy Spirit is eager to reveal the truths of Jesus to us. He wants us to know Jesus, to learn the principles of the truth about who Jesus is. Wow. Mm. Bottom line is, teachers help us see Jesus. They unveil him in the truths of Scripture. Our lives changes when we see Jesus. Now, let me give you another benefit. Not only do we see Jesus, but we become rooted in God's word when we devote ourselves to teachers and going and sitting under good teaching. Matthew thirteen nineteen. this is the parable of, it says, God said, Jesus told this parable, and he said, the sower went out to sow, and he sowed the word on different ground. But I want you to catch what happens here, and know what we know about the teacher, knowing what we know, Matthew 13:19, and I'm going to read 19, and I'm going to jump to 23, it says, "The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts." Look at verse 23. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Let me say this. Understanding is powerful. The enemy can't steal the word that we understand. It's the word that we understand That takes root in our life and bears fruit. You you heard about the man who found the genie bottle and he rubbed it, and this genie comes out. And so he says, Listen, I'm sorry. The genie says, I only can give you one wish. I've already, you know, people rubbed me too many times and I only got one wish left. What do you want? And so the guy said, You know what? I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. And uh, he said, so, you know, I live here in California. I can't get there. I don't want to fly. I'm afraid of flying. So can you build me a bridge from California to Hawaii? The genie said, "Do do you know how long that would take? Do you know how far in the ocean I would have to go? Do you know how many beams? Do you got something else? And he goes, okay, help me understand my wife. The genie said, how long you want that bridge? understanding is powerful listen we need God's word rooted in our hearts teaching helps build deep roots teaching sitting under the teaching help gives us that understanding so that our hearts are good soil and can bear fruit let me close with this I want to go to ephesians chapter 6 verse verse 14, because this is another powerful thing that happens when you devote yourself to teaching. It's talking about the armor of God. Ephesians 6, 14, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. The first thing he tells us to do is to put on the belt of truth. Truth. Now, the Roman soldier, you know, they really, it was almost like a dress. And one of the ways they shamed a Roman soldier is to stand him out just in his dress with no belt. But the belt would gather it around and then they also hung their sword or their dagger on that belt. You see, teachers reveal the truths in the word of God to us. And they help furnish us with a belt of truth. Let me tell you what else truth does. Truth Brings about stability in our life. We need to be taught the truth. We need to be grounded in the Word of God. And say this Teachers help keep us grounded in God's Word by teaching us His truths. Hmm. They supply us with the belt of truth. When we are grounded in truth, The enemy can't lead us astray. He can't shipwreck our faith. You know, we've taught about being devoted to worship, being devoted to prayer, being devoted to fellowship. And do you know, in every one of those areas, people sometimes have a tendency to get a little off, like prayer is everything. And sometimes you hear about these weird prayer meetings. Sometimes all people want to do is fellowship, No, let's just gather together. Worship. No, let's don't have any... Let's worship. Listen, all of those things are beautiful. And we need to devote ourselves to all of them. But we need teaching. And I believe this is one of the reasons why in the early church it says, First, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Why? So they didn't get off in worship. They didn't get off in prayer. And they didn't get off in their communion, in their fellowship. Listen, I believe that there's coming an awakening, a revival, a stirring, but the thing that will keep us grounded is because we have our belt of truth. As people come into the kingdom of God, as babies are birthed, they're going to be, we want to teach them and then send them back out, but they got to be taught before we send them back. They say crazy stuff. You know, babies, toddlers, they say crazy stuff. If you don't teach them things. And we know this. And this is the other thing. Wonderful thing about truth. And I'm closing. John 8.32. And you will know the truth. And the truth. Will set you free. Wow. It's the truth we know. That we understand. The truth we know will set us free. Empower us to live. Our God. Given purpose. My heart, as your pastor, is that every one of you, wherever you are in your walk with God, wherever you are in your season of life, that you live out your God-given destiny. And so my role, teach. Teach. Wow. Teachers appointed by God as gifts to the church help Unveil the truths that set people free. Hmm. Let me say this as we close. When we devote ourselves to teaching, we live immersed and empowered. Wow. Anybody ready to live immersed and empowered? Yeah. Now, listen. You already got a head start because you're already devoted. You're here and you were taught today. (laughs) Listen, aren't you thankful that every time we meet the presence of God is here and you can walk away with principles that are going to help you live life. Let me pray for you as we close out this service today.